Hello, friends. It's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, The Down-to-Earth Guide to Natural Practices for Healthier Birds and a Happier World. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia. Hello, friends. Welcome to Chickenlandia and welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly backyard chickens show. I am your host, Dahlia, also known as the president of Chickenlandia. And I'm a backyard chicken educator that has found peace and joy in the chicken yard. And I want to help you find that too. Welcome back. I was gone for a little bit um, off of YouTube doing, doing this live show on YouTube, but I am back. Today is episode 12 of season four. Today is going to be a very information-heavy episode. We are going to talk about baby chick problems and how to deal with them. And I'm going to get pretty detailed. So if you need to like grab a pen and paper, you could do, <laughs> you could do that if you wanted or just, you know, refer back to this podcast as needed. I know many of you out there are about to get baby chicks for the first time, or maybe you've just gotten them and you're feeling a little nervous about it. You know, I think everybody, it's just best to be prepared. So if that's the case, I think today's episode is going to be great for you. Um, I do have a listener question that I'm going to be answering today, and then I will open up the chat for questions live here on YouTube. If you have a question that you would like to submit to Bok Talk so you can be chicken famous. All you have to, go, to do is go to my website, welcome to chickenlandia.com, go to the contact section and click ask a chicken question. And while you're there, you can join the greatest chicken mailing list in the multiverse. <laughs> it is called Chickenlandia Nation. Um, you can also learn all about my online course that I offer. And I do, I do have a book that just came out. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens. And you can learn more about all of that on my website. So definitely check it out. But first, before we move on, because you guys know I got to pay those chicken bills. I do. <laughs> I have to pay those chicken bills. I need to put food in these baby chicks' mouths, or when they grow up, they're going to turn against me. (laughs) All right, I need to make a couple of announcements. First, as always, I want to let you know that this podcast was brought to you by the folks at My Favorite Chicken. My Favorite Chicken is my favorite online shop to get my feed. I get my scratch and peck feed there. It's non-GMO, organic, socially responsible. Um, I get my chicken supplies there, fun chicken stuff, fun chicken treats. It's all at myfavoritechicken.com. I will leave a link for you in the show notes. This podcast was also brought to you by Small Pet Select. 
Small Pet Select is a local company to me, but they have an online store that I know you guys are going to love. They have several products for chickens. Um, the ones that I use most regularly are the pet greens, which are like these little bags that you can grow sprouts in that are awesome. Um, and you can give that to like cats and dogs and stuff. So, but it's great for chickens. Um, I do use their pine shavings. Um, and what else have I been using? Oh, their flaked oyster shell I've been using and my chickens love it. So you can check these and other chicken products out by clicking the link in the show notes and there is a coupon code for you. So check that out. And they have other fun stuff for other little furry animals too. Okay, so I'm going to do I'm going to do things a little bit different today. I want to start out right with the listener question because I think it's an important one. Um, and it reflects, uh, the way a lot of new chicken keepers, uh, feel and how they experience things. So I'm just going to get started with that. This question is from Rose and she says, I have a question. I am getting chicks, but I saw a video about avoiding things that might cause your chicks to die. Now I changed, (laughs) I changed what Rose said there a little bit. Because she said the actual name of the video. And I don't want to call anybody out. I don't want to call any other educators or any other creators out. Um, So I just kind of paraphrase there. I watched it and it said chickens are hard to take care of. So can you do a podcast on chicks and all that I need to know? This is my first flock. Thanks for all that you do. Well, I can't tell you everything that you need to know on one podcast <laughs> all about baby chicks, but I do have many podcasts and many videos. I've got blogs. I've got all kinds of stuff. You know, I have the online course and the book and all that that has lots of great information on it. Okay. A lot of it is free. You don't have to pay for it. You can just do a search and find it on YouTube or find it in my podcasts. Okay. Um, what I can tell you is that it is discouraging to me when other educators or other creators, people just generally with a platform, when they tell other people that chicken keeping is hard and they really kind of scare people off from it. Um, are there problems that can occur? Yes, absolutely. There's problems. Of course there is. But you can overcome those problems. You can learn. You can get through it. You can become a better chicken keeper. Basically, you can do it because people have been doing, human beings have been doing this for a really long time. (laughs) I mean, like thousands of years, chickens have been domesticated, okay? So we have got this knowledge within us. And all I will ever ask you to do is kind of try and reach in there and grab that knowledge and connect with that part of yourself, okay? And I believe that you could do it. So if you go into it feeling like, oh my gosh, this is going to be hard. You know, my baby chicks are going to die. What, you know, what am I going to do? That is such a different experience than when you go into it thinking this is the most, one of the most natural things that I can do as a human being. Okay. So I just, I just want to put that out there. I I'm today, I want to talk about some problems that you might come up against and hopefully that will help Rose and everyone out there feel more at ease about their chicken keeping experience because that's what it's all about. It's not about creating more stress. (laughs) It's about creating peace and joy. Okay? Okay, so I'm going to start out with the easiest stuff. 
I want to start out by addressing something called pasty butt, okay? And in all my time as a backyard chicken educator, I have not been able to find the scientific term for this condition, okay? I'm sure it's out there, but I haven't been able to find it. So we're calling it pasty butt. That's what it's known as. Um, basically, what it is is a collection of fecal matter that it, it collects over a baby chick's vent, okay? And it's it's hard to miss. Like if you're watching your baby chicks, if you're keeping an eye on them, you will see if they have pasty butts, like a you know a bunch of poop on their little fluffy butt, and it's not supposed to be there. Um, it can be very dangerous for them because if it gets hard and it really kind of blocks their vent and they can't poop, that they could die from that. That that could be very serious. But it is very easy to treat. Okay, um, this condition happens. A lot more often. In fact, I I don't think I've ever seen. I haven't personally seen it in baby chicks that were raised by a mother hen. It will happen much more frequently in shipped baby chicks or chicks that are you know that grow up in a brooder. Okay, but especially shipped baby chicks because they've been through a lot of stress, and stress is one of the main reasons why baby chicks will get pasty butt. The other reasons it are if they get too cold or they they get too hot. So make sure that the, com- the temperature is comfortable for them. They can also get it if they're, if they're like, for some reason they're sick or malnourished in some way. But that, that reason is rare. Okay. So I don't want that to scare you. Pasty butt is very common and it's usually, and it's in most cases, extremely survivable if it's treated. Okay, um, so don't worry. You're, if you if you see it, your new little flock is not doomed. All you have to do is take care of it, and then it, it'll resolve. Okay, so I'm just going to break this down into steps. Step one would be to clean off the fecal matter with a warm, wet paper towel, and you're going to get you know put warm water on it, not hot, but warm water, um, and just put it over their vent to kind of loosen up that fecal matter and work it very gently off. Okay. Just get it, get it wet. If you need to re-wet the paper towel or get a new paper towel, just keep working on it so that it very gently breaks apart and you're able to get it off. Um, The other thing that you can do is actually run their little butts under (laughs) a gentle stream of warm water. Okay. If it's like a severe case, Um, You need to be really careful because baby chicks can get chilled very easily. Okay. So you're only going to run the, just, just the poopy part. Okay. (laughs) And again, gently work it off. You never want to just pull that fecal matter off. Okay. Because you can absolutely really injure a baby chick like that. Their, their skin is very um, delicate. And so you don't want to do that. Okay. Step two would be to dry the baby chick off really well with a a towel or a paper towel. And if they're still pretty wet, you can blow dry them, um, on a, on a low setting and keep the blow dryer kind of far away, uh, just to dry them off. Um, you don't want it like on a high setting really close to the baby chick, because even though they need to stay warm, that could, that could really harm them. Okay. Um, and then place them back under the heat. Okay. Um, after that, just keep an eye out for reoccurrence because sometimes it can happen more than once, but usually when you get ahead of it, it will start to resolve and you shouldn't deal with it too many more times. 
definitely make sure that your baby chicks are getting the right nutrition. Um, you can use uh, uh, a little bit of apple cider vinegar in their water. I do like a teaspoon per quart of apple cider vinegar. Um, you can use vitamins, electrolytes, and probiotics in their water. I wouldn't use both of them at the same time, but you can use either or. Um, and also fermenting feed will help fermenting their feed. And you can ferment baby chick feed. Just don't ferment medicated feed. Okay. That that's just, you just don't want to do that. The best feed to ferment would be like a raw feed, like a scratch and pick feeds or some of these other raw uh, baby chick starter feeds in some, you know, some crumbles will ferment well, but if it smells off, don't use it. Okay. Start out with a really small batch if it smells off, do not use it. If it smells alcoholic, definitely don't use it. Okay. I do have a video about fermenting feed and I will put that video in the show notes for you. Okay. The second issue that baby chicks can have is called spraddle leg or splayed leg. Um, and often that comes with curled toes. Sometimes it's just the curled toes and sometimes it's just the splayed leg. But sometimes it will, they, these two things will happen together. Um, these conditions can occur when a mother hen hatches out babies or when the eggs were hatched out in an incubator, okay? They can be caused by a vitamin deficiency. Um, it can be caused by something that has gone wrong during in incubation, um, like wrong humidity levels or whatever during incubation, or it can happen even when a chick is born healthy, it can happen if a chick doesn't have enough traction for their little feet, you know, they, they don't have enough traction and then they're slipping. And so their legs don't develop properly with the, you know, the proper muscle tone and everything. So you definitely want to make sure that your baby chicks have good traction. And my, my recommendation for the first two J's is just to lay some paper towels down for them in place of bedding. Like that will be your bedding is like some, you know, a couple layers of paper towels or an old thin towel you can use as their bedding as long as it doesn't have like fabric, you know, like fragrances or fabric softener on it or something or long strings that they could get caught in. You don't want that. Um, you can also use puppy pads. I've definitely done that before. But in the back of my mind, I'm always like, uh, is this the best thing to do? Because, you know, they're definitely more expensive, but also they have plastics in them. And so I always kind of have that in my mind. I've just done it because it was easy. But I've always thought, you know, is this the best thing for them? But it does provide good tra traction for them. Okay. And that's what you want. You want them to get a good start with good traction under their little feet. All right. So what do you do if... You have a baby chick that arrives and they have splayed legs or curled toes and or curled toes or, you know, you're hatching out baby chicks and uh, one of the chicks has this condition. So what you need to do is focus on both physical therapy and you need to have, a, you know, nutritional therapy going on, okay? Regardless of what treatment route you take, a good quality. Of course, you're going to want good quality feed as good as you can afford. Okay. And a good vitamin that is specifically for situations like this. The one that I like the most is Nutri-Drench. Okay. Um, and you can find that at the farm store. Or you can order it online. 
So that's what you're going to want to supplement with that because if it is a vitamin deficiency, they need, they need those vitamins while they're healing, no matter how you choose to treat them physically. Okay. So you're going to have to do some kind of physical therapy. The most common physical therapy used for these kind of conditions involves using, you know, creating like a make, a makeshift splint using a bandage or a band aid. And it, it is tough to tell you exactly how to do this on a podcast, okay? So I'm going to leave a link for you in the show notes. It's a blog that I wrote about it that has pictures and it links to like some videos that are really going to help you out. And then also on this blog, there is my favorite method of dealing with splayed leg and it's called the glass method. And I learned about it from my friend that has a, a channel. It's called Chicken Hughes. And that's how I learned about it. And I was like, oh gosh, this is, this is great. So basically what it is, is you have like, it's kind of, it's kind of funny to think about, but you have like a little glass and you put the baby chick in the glass so that it's forced to kind of use those leg muscles. You know, it it can't like splay its legs out. It's forced to kind of stand up straight and use those leg muscles. And you do that during the day as part of their physical therapy with the vitamins. Okay. Cause the vitamins are just so important. Um, and then through that process, uh, they can hopefully reverse the, um, splayed leg. I will tell you, you know, this doesn't always work. There is some, there are some cases where they're always going to have some type of, you know, maybe like a different gait or they're going to, they're going to have a limp or something like that. And sometimes the splayed leg just doesn't go away. And then you have to make some decisions about how you're going to deal with that. But I, you know, most of the time you can deal with it. So since it's tough to explain these therapies, I really want you to get a good visual on them and get some very detailed information about them. So I'll link that, leave that link for you in the show notes. Okay, so lastly, but definitely not leastly. Okay, is that is that a word? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, you know, this I think is is a very common and and a and a very serious baby chick problem that a lot of people come up against. And the name for it, I mean, I'm sure there's all kinds of different names, but the name that I have called it and that I were when I learned about it, this is what I saw it being called. Um, it's called starve out and it's basically a failure to thrive with baby chicks. Okay. So you will know starve out is happening when you have a baby chick that looks droopy. Um, they look listless. Maybe they're just kind of standing off to the side. Maybe they're not really eating or drinking. They're just kind of standing there and looking down and and looking very sad and unwell, okay? Baby chicks should be relatively active. You know, I mean, they're going to be sleepy and they'll sleep, um, but generally they should perk up in like intervals and start pecking and scratching and being a little tiny chicken <laughs> and then they'll sleep really hard for a little while and then they'll be up and picking and scratching again. But if you have one and 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 you should be able to see them eating and drinking as well. But if you have one that is just always standing there or it's always sleeping, it's not not getting up, then that that's not a good sign. Okay? So so th- 
this could be many things. It could be that the baby chick is sick or has some other kind of situation going on. But it could also be, and I think this is the most common thing, this condition called starve out. And uh, the most common culprit for starve out is when a baby chick just does not get to food and water soon enough after hatch. And this is why it happens mostly with shipped chicks. Because, you know, baby chicks are born, they literally go through the mail in in this very stressful experience. And I'm not telling you not to get, uh, you know, baby chicks um, delivered to you in this way. Okay. But it's it's important to be aware that this is a, a very stressful situation for baby chicks so that you can act accordingly. Okay. So chicks, after they hatch, they have about 48 hours to get to food and water. All right. And when you see, if you see like a mama hen hatch out baby chicks, she will hatch them out and they won't all just like pop out at the same time. (laughs) You know, usually it takes a couple days for them all to hatch out. And then when they're all out and they're all fluffy, she will take them out into, into the world. Okay. To show them everything and to, to get them started being little chickens. Okay. But when a baby chick is shipped through the mail there's this idea of like, okay, we have, we've got 48 hours to get these baby chicks to their destination. If it takes longer than that, then that's usually going to, and you're usually going to end up with some, some, some problems. Okay. So what happens is they don't get to that feed and water quick enough. They can become weak and they can literally just like lose their will to survive. Like if you could get them to just eat something maybe they would be okay. But since they've gone kind of past that threshold where they really know what to do, like they have that that willingness to peck and scratch and find food and find water, then you, you will have to intervene at this point because it's unlikely that they'll be able to pull themselves out of that on their own. So I have a, a well, first of all, just make sure that when you bring your baby chicks home, let's say you got them from the post office or you got them at, at the farm store, you come home, make sure that they're all eating and drinking, okay? And it will be helpful at this point if you have like white paper towels on the, on the bottom of your brooder or a, like a white flat towel on the bottom of your brooder um, because you can just sprinkle the feed around the brooder and it's very easy for them to find it. Okay, because you want to just make things super easy for them as soon as they come home. Okay, and you can even you can even like tap the feed. You can tap it uh, with one finger, just tap it and make a little clicking sound like because if you've ever seen a mother hen, that's what she will do when she takes the babies out into the world. She finds a little morsel for them. She'll tap it and make a little clicking sound. And the chicks will look and they will go over there to, to see what she's telling them to eat. Okay. So you can do this as the, as the human mother hen. (laughs) Okay. And sometimes that will be very helpful. So if you are in a situation where you do have a chick that is obviously struggling, then you can do what I call in Chickenlandia, the sick chick protocol. Okay. And I talk about this in my online course. I talk about it in my book. So what you're going to do is you are going to make some weak green tea and you are going to add to that, if you have it, 
some vitamins, electrolytes, and probiotic powder. Add, add the appropriate amount according to what the directions say on the package, okay? You can mix with that a little bit of raw egg yolk. And if you have it, and if you're open to this, you can put a drop of something that is called Rescue Remedy, okay? And you can find Rescue Remedy online. I'll leave a link for it in the description. You can find it online. You can find it at health food stores. You can find it at most pet stores like PetSmart and stuff. But you can just add a drop to that of that to the slurry and it'll kind of help to relax the chick a little bit. And the, the green tea will perk the chick up enough so that they might kind of get the strength to start picking and scratching and trying to find food, okay? And you are going to hand feed this solution to your baby chick several times a day. And hopefully it'll just perk them up. And, at, you know, you could do it for like a day and they might not need it after that. They may perk up after that and then start eating and drinking on their own. But keep a really good eye on them and feed them this a few times a day. Now, if you want the exact measurements and everything, I do have a full video about the sick chick protocol. I will leave that in the show notes for you. Okay. And as I said, there's definitely information about it in my online course and in my, in my book. Okay. Now, if you don't have all of those ingredients, you know, let's say it's like, you know, maybe you're in another country. I've had people in other countries that are like, hey, I don't have these ingredients. I don't have access to these ingredients. Um, what else can I do? In an absolute pinch, you can do just sugar water, okay? Or just like honey water or just green tea or just um, egg yolk mixed with a little bit of water, Okay. Use, use what you have. What you want to do is just get some nutrition into them so that they can be like, okay, let me just try and live. Okay. <laughs> That's what you want. Another thing that you can do if it seems like, you know, there might possibly be a nutritional deficiency going on, like definitely, definitely if they have like, um, they're kind of, uh, they're, you know, if they have like weird movements, like if their heads are going back or if they're, if they have curled toes at the same time or splayed leg at the same time, like in that case, I would go right to nutri drench with egg yolk because that's another thing that you can do. Okay. Um, if you, if you suspect vitamin dis deficiency, I would go with that. Sometimes there's nothing that you can do. Okay. I've, I've been through it. It is unfortunately part of nature that some of some chicks out of a hatch will just not make it. They'll be too too weak to survive. And that is hard. It's hard. It happened to me like the first time I had baby chicks and that was hard. But you know, now that I have now that I can look back at those times, I can understand that you know, that baby chick was loved more than most chickens in the world in that little time that they were with you. Okay, so remember that. Remember that you're participating in something that many, many before you have done and that you did a good thing and that you tried your best. Okay? All right. I am now going to open up the chat for questions. Grace and Fire asks, do you recommend grit for baby chicks? I absolutely do. 
And I know that a lot of people will say, and you know, sometimes if you go to the farm store, they'll tell you, oh, you don't need grit. If you're just using, you know, chick starter, you don't need grit. But basically it's like, I really feel like it's not, it's not like super expensive or anything. Um, you know, obviously if they're out in the chicken yard with their mama, they're going to be finding little, little pebbles and she's going to be showing them like little particles of sand and stuff that they can use as grit. But it's, especially if you're using a raw mash feed, like a, a raw starter feed, I would definitely give them some grit. But if they are having any kind, like if a bug gets into the, <laughs> into the brooder, they're going to eat it. Like they're going to chase it and eat it. Um, and you want them, you want them to have the best start. So I really feel like even if you're just doing baby chick starter, just th- sprinkle in some grit. Um, and I do that like first thing I give them, I give, I sprinkle baby chick feed and I sprinkle a little bit of grit. Um, and I'll sprinkle some of it into their, um, chick feeder. And I think that it's just a good practice to have. And I also give my baby chicks a bit of a varied diet, like from the beginning, like sometimes I'll give them, uh, when they come home, right when they come home, I'll, I'll give them a little bit of hard boiled egg yolk. I'll just like crumble it up and give it to them. And that's a really nice boost for them. Um, and I know some people will be like, egg yolk, like, aren't they eating themselves? <laughs> you know? But basically what they're doing is they're getting the nutrition that they were already soaking up in, when they, when they were incubating in the egg, like they're getting a little extra nutrition. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't think of it that way. So yeah, I, I would, the short answer is yes, I would give them grit. So Topaz Chicken asks, I have an eight week, eight week old Brahma when to integrate. So when should I integrate my eight, eight week old, old Brahma? Well, I will tell you it's, it's usually best, especially with a baby chick. Um, it is best for them to have flock mates to be integrated into a new a new flock because it's going, it is going to be more difficult to integrate her by herself into an existing flock with adult hens that are going to be super cranky at her. Okay. So that you have to go very slow. If you only have one very young chicken that you are integrating into a flock of existing chickens, uh, you know, adult chickens. Okay. Cause that chicken can get hurt. Okay. Um, I'm not saying it can't be done. It can be done, but you're going to have to go really slow. And I would not integrate her before 12 weeks. And even then you might have to, you know, like I said, you're going to go very slowly. You may have to wait until she's an adult if it's too rough on her. Okay. Um, best to have other chickens that are her age to integrate her with. Um, that's just going to be super, a lot easier. But like I said, just go very, very slowly and I would not go before 12 weeks. Okay. And I do have a video about integrating chickens with existing flocks. I'll leave that for you in the, the uh, show notes. Robin Knox asks, when do roosters start crowing? Well, I have, <laughs> I tell you, Philippe. Okay, Philippe. He started crowing when he was like, I don't even know. I think he was like three weeks old. <laughs> like I went out there and I just, I, I went into the garage where he was, he was with his little litter mates and he was like, <laughs> I said, oh my gosh. <laughs> it sounds really funny. 
I swear some of them do it like when they're like two or three weeks old and it is hilarious. Usually I would say probably around six to eight weeks, uh, maybe, maybe later some will. And it depends on the dynamics in the, in the flock as well, because those that are, are more submissive or lower on the pecking order, they will start to crow later. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it really depends on the personality of the rooster. Cause some of them will start crowing when they're, when they're like, you know, they're barely fully feathered and there they are standing up tall and crowing. <laughs> it's very silly. A uh, Jersey girl asks, uh, is there a remedy for rye neck in an adult hen? So rye neck can be caused by a few different things. It can be caused by, um, injury, like a head injury, um, it can be caused by um, illness or it could be caused by uh, a vitamin deficiency. And usually that vitamin deficiency would be thiamine or it could be vitamin E. Okay. Um, and with vitamin E, you also have to su supplement selenium. So if I were you, I would go out and get a really good um, – vitamin for chickens. And some people will use human vitamins, but I don't really even know what, I can't remember the name of the human vitamin that most people will use. Um, it's actually like a baby vitamin. I cannot remember the name, but it's not very high in thiamine. And I have found that, uh, lack of thiamine is a big reason for Rynec. Um, and that can, a thiamine deficiency can happen from feeding medicated feed because medicated feed is a thiamine mimicker and it will lower the amount of thiamine in, in chickens. Okay. Because, uh, coccidia is the, the critter that can get into baby chicks or and chickens, um, intestines and they feed on thiamine. They need thiamine in order to reproduce. So the medication for coccidia, which is in a uh, coccidiosis, which is in medicated feed. And it's, it, it is the medic. It's also called Corid or Amprol. Um, it's called Amprolium. That's the generic name for it. It blocks, it's a, it's a thiamine mimicker. So it's great because it's, you know, it's pretty benign, but uh, because you know, what happens is the coccidia can't reproduce. And so they die off because they need thiamine, but your chickens also need thiamine. And if you accidentally give them too much, if they are on medicated feed for too long, if they accidentally get, you know, uh, too much medicated feed, which is, it's very difficult to, you know, know exactly how much they're eating, then they can end up with a vitamin deficiency. And even if not, like, I just feel like some chickens are more sensitive to, uh, medicated feed than others. So, you know, I would definitely try and find something with thiamine in it, thiamine-rich foods, um, a, a good vitamin with thiamine. And also you can do massage every day, gentle massage every day, and kind of work on getting that neck back to where it's supposed to be um, and help to kind of like give, kind of loosen up those muscles and give her the strength to hold up her neck properly. Um, but yeah, it's tough when it happens to adult hands. It could be that she injured herself, but it, it could also be a vitamin deficiency. So good luck with that. I hope it, I hope that helped. Uh, Diane asks, my farm store is out of electrolytes. Can I use rescue remedy? Um, 
Well, rescue remedy and electrolytes are two very different things. Um, the electrolytes are, you know, to get good hydration into your chickens. Um, it's going to have, um, a few different ingredients into, in it to hydrate your chickens really well. Um, rescue remedy is what's called a flower essence and flower essences are not, they're not, um, essential oils. They are not. Okay. They are very different. A lot of people are like, oh, you're saying to give them essential oils. No, I'm not talking about essential oils in this case. Flower essences are kind of like homeopathics, okay? They basically have, it, it's like energy medicine, basically. It's got like the essence of this flower, which is thought to, and in, in Rescue Remedy, it has a few different flower essences in it. It's thought to help with, um, you know, a certain uh, type of emotion in whoever's taking it. Okay, so Rescue Remedy would have the type of flower essences that address anxiety, stress, trauma, things like that. Okay, so you would only use like one drop with baby chicks, you know, or, you know, in their water, um, in the, in the um, slurry if you make that. Um, when you give it to adult chickens, you could put a couple drops in their big gallon of water and that would be enough. Okay. Um, so it's just that they serve two very different purposes. Okay. And the electrolytes specifically, they it usually has vitamins and probiotics in it as well. So it's going to get like, you know, that boost of nutrition into their bodies and rescue remedy can't do that. So, uh, if, if they're out of electrolytes, just go with like, you know, there are, there are, um, in my book, there's actually a recipe for homemade electrolytes that you can make. And, but online, there's so many of them too. Like you could go online and if it, if it's from a reputable educator, I would feel absolutely comfortable making my own electrolytes at home for the baby chicks. Um, and yeah, or you could get, like Nutri Drench and use that if they have that at the farm store or just use some egg yolk, which is really nutrient uh, dense. That's why I like to use it. Okay. And mix it with a little bit of water and a drop of rescue remedy. Okay. I hope that helps. Jen, uh, Jen asks, where did you get your feed bowls? I have failed in my search. <laughs> so I think, I think what Jen is referring to is, uh, you know, I have these little like dishes that I use sometimes I've used in my videos and they're very colorful. And I always get comments about them. Like there's these, there's little dishes. I also feed my dogs with them and they, they're very colorful and they're just these little plastic dishes, but they're super cute. I got them in a, at, at Ikea and I don't know if I got them from Canada, Ikea, cause I'm very close to Canada or if I got, I must've, you know, we must've got them down in Seattle or maybe I ordered them online. I don't even remember cause it was ages ago, but that's where I got my feed bowls from Ikea. If that, if these are the ones you're referring to, which I, I'm pretty certain they're, they are cause everybody always comment comments about them. Uh, Joanne says, I just bought new chicks today and using a brooder plate. How warm should my room be? So depending on the brooder plate that you purchased, 
it is likely going to say that it needs to be at least above 50 degrees. The, the ambient temperature needs to be above 50 degrees. Okay. Um, I would say room temperature is, is good. <laughs> you know, if they're inside room temperature. Um, but at least like if they're in the garage or in a shed or something, it needs to be above 50 degrees. Um, Wally, I'm going to ask, uh, um, the Chickenlandia presidential advisor to look at your question because I honestly do not know the answer to that. So Wally is saying, will you confirm if long worm like poops can be normal with chicks on medicated feed? Also watery poops. Um, you know, sometimes baby chicks will have watery poops. I wouldn't worry about that too much. It's hard to know exactly what you're referring to if you say long worm-like poops because I think that can be different you know people might describe what I would what I would think of might be different than what you're actually seeing there are some you know if you go online and look there are some really good blog posts from other educators that talk about chicken poop and it has pictures and everything now it is I've I have not seen one for baby chicks but I've seen for adult chickens, but there is so much variation with chicken poops. Okay. If the poop is super watery, make sure that your, your baby chicks are not getting overheated. Okay. Cause that is a possibility. Um, a lot of people are like, Oh, they're super worried about their chicks getting too cold. Um, but they, they don't consider that they might be too hot. Okay. So make sure that that's not happening. Your chicks should be they should just be like walking around, pecking and scratching, some of them sleeping, some of them eating. This is during the day, obviously. Um, you know, you don't want them to be all lined up like at the sides of the brooders and just kind of standing or panting or anything like that. That those are those chicks are too hot if that's the case. You you want there to you want to just hear like mild peeping. Sometimes they'll be a little bit loud, but my mostly the energy is going to feel very calm. Okay. So make sure that they're not too, too hot, but I don't know about the, the worm like poops being normal with chicks on medicated feet. I haven't heard that. So I'm going to ask the Chickenlandia presidential advisor if she can give her a uh, take on that. So Peppa Joy asks, any thoughts on Rue bachelor pads? Um, I think they're great if you can do it. Like, um, there, it is possible that they, there might be some that still fight. It depends on the breed. Um, what, what Peppa Joy is talking about is like, if you end up with a bunch of roosters and you don't want to give them away and you don't want to eat them and you want to be able to keep them, you can put them all together in their own area away from the hens. And it's probably best if they can't even see the hens. Okay. They just are completely away from the hens. And without the presence of the hens, they will feel less competitive towards each other and they'll just exist as a regular flock. So if you, I, I mean, I have nothing against that. I think that, I think that's great. If people want to do that, I've known people that have done that and it's worked out really well. So if it works out well for you and the, and the roosters seem happy and healthy, I say, go for it. Uh, Deb asks, I am getting six chicks August 1st mailed from Ohio to Wisconsin. I have a 40 gallon bin for the brooder. How long do you think they can stay in there? By six weeks, can I get them in the hen house with a warmer? Um, you might not, by six weeks, they might not even need 
any heat outside. It depends on the temperature outside. But if you're in Ohio, I don't know. I, I don't know if it is getting below 50 degrees at night, then you might need to supplement a little bit of, you know, might need to use a little bit of safe supplemental heat. It is best to use like a, a panel heater that is made for chickens and not use a, a heat lamp if you are, you know, using supplemental heat outside in the coop. And I hate to say that because I know that heat lamps are cheap and accessible, but they are uh, substantially more of a fire risk than any of the, the panel heaters that are made for chicken coops. Okay. So I would, I would consider doing that or consider putting, you know, putting a, um, it's a panel heater, but it's like a, a, we were just talking about it. Sorry. At the, by the end of these, <laughs> these podcasts, my brain, by the last question, my brain kind of gets a little mushy. Okay. <laughs> it is a, it's a brooder plate, a brooder plate. Okay. You know, put that out there as long as they can, they can all get under it. So I think you'll, I think you'll be fine by six weeks. They should be able to be spending a, at least some of their day outside. Um, you just want that. It depends on the, on the breed of chicken. So, um, usually layer breeds that are, you know, definitely the cold hardy ones they are going, which you should have if you're, if you're in Ohio, they are going to be nearly fully feathered by six weeks, if not fully feathered. Okay. So they should be spending some time outside especially, you know, if, if the weather permits and, and it should be getting, getting better soon. <laughs> we had a, a very nice day here, but, um, and you know, I mean, you're going to, you're just going to have to keep an eye on them and see how they do make sure that they have enrichment, even in their little brooder, you know, you can put a little, a small place for them to roost in their brooder. You can put like little, uh, you know, a little dish with some sand in it and they will actually take a, a dust bath in it. And it's really funny and cute. So yeah, I think by six weeks, I'm trying to, I'm trying to envision how big a 40 gallon tank is. And I just am not able to do it right now. <laughs> so it is possible you may need to move, to move up to something larger, but it really just depends on how, on how quickly they're going to grow in the breed that the breeds that you got. So I'm sorry. I'm just like, I can't envision like, okay, 40 gallons. How big is that? And I tell me, um, Kelsey, tell me, uh, chicken land, you're a presidential advisor. How big is that? Do you think she'll be able to keep, keep them in there for that long? Uh, so chicken land, your presidential advisor, probably not the full six weeks. Okay. So it's going to be a little bit smaller. So you may have to move them out before this, the six weeks is up. Okay. Um, so yeah, and that's very common. It is very common for people to have to get a bigger brooder, but by six weeks, they honestly, they should be almost ready to go outside, or at least you can begin the process of getting them outside, depending on how the weather is. You may be able to just put them out. Um, if the weather is like in the sixties or whatever, you should probably be able to just put them out. But if it's getting under 50 at night, and certainly if it's like freezing at night, you have to do it really slow. Okay? All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining me today. I just, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you to my moderator and my co-producer, Kelsey Paulus, also known 
as the Chickenlandia Presidential Advisor. Thank you to Talking to Crows for editing this episode and to Double M Ranch for their wonderful podcast art. If you enjoyed this podcast, remember to rate and review it. And also remember that you are always welcome in Chickenlandia. Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit welcometochickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.